0: Hello, I'm Sarah Khan and welcome to Backing Brilliant Business, a series by Radio Centre. They're the people helping businesses of all sizes grow with great radio advertising. In this series, I will talk to guests who want to share their own unique expertise and experience to help you with your business from marketing experts who have reshaped how we see a brand in the marketplace to entrepreneurs who've started at the bottom and are now at the top of their field. Each episode, we'll look through our guest CV to discover the most rewarding and most challenging aspects of their career so far. And we discover their three key lessons in business, the learnings, advice and practices that they want to share to help you be better at whatever it is you do. In this episode, we're joined by Barry Hearn. Barry Hearn is an English sporting events promoter and the founder and president of promotions company Matchroom Sport. His involvement in sports, including snooker, darts, and many more, led to him being given an OBE, for services to sport, in 2020. Today, he joins us to talk about his chosen theme, Family First, Business a Close Second and shares three lessons that will help you with your business. So good morning, lovely Barry. I can't wait to speak with you. Um, so basically, what we're going to do, Barry, is just go through your life CV. Um, so just imagine me as a good-looking version of Alan Sugar. And, you know, <laughs> and this is just a little interview. You're
1: taller. You're taller than Alan Sugar. I can't. <laughs> I'll get you one of those Um, boxes, he stands on a box, that's
0: okay. (laughs) Do you know him? Yeah. Oh good, okay, well then that's all right, I'm not going to get into trouble for laughing at that. Yeah, we're just going to basically go through your CV because I think your life experience and your wise words will help anybody starting in business or, you know, running a business. Talk me through just a little bit about your background, because I think it's so important to understand where did people start? Um, and 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 because those I think first kind of, you know, the way you were brought up, those first lessons, they really do hand out your future to a certain extent. So just tell me, where were you born? What was family life like, and what were your values?
1: I was born in Dagenham, in East London in 1948. So it was a couple of years after few years after the war had finished, but we were still in a rebuild, if you like. After a couple of years, we got shunted off to a Debton industrial estate in Essex, where I spent the next 16 years. So, obviously, uh, my father was a bus driver. My mum was a lady. She cleaned people's houses. We didn't have any money. But a child doesn't know the difference. As far as I was concerned, the family was full of love, which was much more important than anything else okay, so I didn't have long trousers as quick as other people or my own shoes that hadn't been, you know, there's a lot of hand-me-downs throughout the family. We were very family-orientated, which put that in my head from a very early days. My mother was my dominant force in my life. When I was 11 years old, she registered me in the Amateur Dramatic Society. When I was 12, she's, no, sorry, 11 was elocution lessons. 12 was Amateur Dramatic. 13 was verse reading appreciation group. All these taught me how to fight and look after myself because the, the other boys took the mick out of me. But it didn't matter. Looking back on it, it was the most wonderful advice to get the confidence to be able to speak, to project, to think on your feet, to you know interact with audience. So my mother probably never knew it at the time. If she did, she was an absolute genius. But she was actually laying, laying the foundation stones for the type of person I was. And because I wasn't particularly bright, I was okay, but I wasn't particularly bright. Then I had the, the development of a work ethic, which took away the disadvantage of not being an academic genius. And I was born in a society that had enormous amounts of common sense because we had to survive and common sense helps you to survive. But I remember when I went to my top job, I'd been there two years and, and I was good. And they made, they made me a manager. And they said, "This is in our 200-year history, you're the youngest manager we've ever had. But, and this is the kicker, this is as far as you go. Because I hadn't been to university. I didn't come from inherited wealth. My family hadn't gone to, sent me to the right school. It wasn't a meritocracy. I left almost immediately because I couldn't live in that type of restrictions. And to my mind, we, people talk about glass half full or half empty. We, we blow that away. The world is half full. You know, and, and the opportunity is enormous, but you don't do it by sitting on the sofa. You have to get up and do something about it because we can all sit there like the old geezer in the pub who moans about, you know, his football team. He doesn't play football. He's not a manager. There are moaners in life. There are people that moan and there are people that get off their chair and do something about it. And you don't have to be a genius if you've got a work ethic you'd be surprised.
0: My best motto in life is, you just got to turn up. You just got to turn up. Most people don't even
1: turn up. But you just evaluate yourself in the same way as if you were, to my mind, why I love sport, because it's exactly the same as life, exactly as business. You prepare diligently. Hopefully God gave you a little bit of ability to go in there somewhere in that mix. You sacrifice, you're relentless in your desire to be a winner. You want to get the gold medal, you don't want to take the silver. If you have that attitude in everything you do, even I always say to my old boxers, that's what you've done, to what you've done in your career. Just pick that up and transfer that to life and business, and you will be successful. And it works. It's called commitment. Commitment. You must believe in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself, and I'm talking about properly believe, to the point of view of blindness, If you don't believe us, how do you expect other people to believe you? So, when you get disappointed in news like that, you don't just whack whack him. You don't just have a row. You just realize it's their loss.
0: Yeah. Talk about finding matchroom sport. How and why?
1: I mean, following a brief sojourn into the industrial world of, of finance, I made quite a lot of money in 1982. I was going to retire, I was 34. Uh, it, it wasn't enough, but at the time it felt like enough, and after about six weeks I was climbing up walls because I needed more mental motivation so I thought I'd form a small company I was going to call it Matchroom because Steve Davies and I, we used to play snooker matches, or he used to play snooker matches in the Matchroom at Romford, so it was synonymous with my life, the best days of my life because it was so much fun, because we were, you know, we're not risk takers when you've got nothing to lose, that's the funny thing, you know, there's no risk you know, what can you do? You fail. All right, you start again. You fail again. You start again. It's as someone once said. I think it was. I think it was uh, Mike Tyson. It's not how many times you get knocked down. It's how many times you get up. You know, and, and, and that. So that that journey was passed, and I'd started Matchroom just to have fun. And I think this is the key issue. You know, going to work is it, not tedious if you're enjoying. If you're enjoying it, is it? It's, it's part of your life. So. It started to have fun and then uh, because of my acquisitive nature and uh, I see opportunity I managed to lose millions and millions of pounds in the 80s because I was I saw that the movement of sports channels coming across the Atlantic. in other words we didn't have sky or bt or anything like that in those days but I knew they were coming so I thought I'll get Event, I get an event business ready for when they come. And I was probably a couple a couple of years ahead of my time. But when Sky landed if, effectively 1990, again it was, a, it was like the cavalry coming over the hill. And we just acquired and acquired and acquired. And I'm not good as a committee member. I'm not, I know my weaknesses and I know my strengths.
0: Yeah. Uh, before I talk about our first theme, I just want to, for the people who are listening, who are running their businesses and who may f- even find that they're at that point where they're just thinking, where do I go next? Or it's not going as how I planned. There must have been moments throughout your life where you were putting all the effort, but the, the, the results you were seeing were very small and slow. How do you hold your nerve in those moments? I don't know.
1: I think it just comes down to self-belief. Even when I'm wrong, and I am wrong, I try and keep it as quiet as possible because my belief in myself is such that I don't believe I can fail. And I believe, if anything, all I've got to do is I've got to stick in there. I've got to keep knocking. I do appreciate that there are times when that could be a disaster as well. But in in my life, I've just been grateful of having that self-belief, but then having the odd bit of luck come through from whether you you say it's come from God or whether it was just one of those lucky days. Certain things have happened where I like stories where the good guy wins at the end, but you've got to get to the end. So there's no jacking it in halfway.
0: And I think uh, the problem nowadays is that people expect results quick. We live in a society where it's rags to riches and it happens in a week because we see and it can for some people but for some people it might take a lifetime there's no there's no time limit on there it's the journey isn't it this
1: is the great thing about different different business plans i can't take the chartered accountant out of me it makes me fairly conservative when i was a big risk taker i had nothing to lose because i had nothing it wasn't it wasn't really a risk today i have a lot to lose i don't take risks because I, you know so once you have that, I build, I build sustainable businesses in the same way as I. Love, I want sports to be sustainable. My legacy will be the sports I've created will continue when I'm not here. That is a sustainable legacy. There are get rich quick schemes out there. There are people out there that live that type of life. I have always referred to those people as fur coat no knickers. <laughs> East <laughs> so in other words, they look good, but there's no substance or sustainability about them. Now, there will be times when people come along and prove me wrong, but are they still proving me wrong 20, 30, 40, or are they leaving a legacy that will prove me wrong? I doubt, I doubt it. I believe my system works in the long run, and it's built on very solid foundations. When COVID came along, which threatened to ruin a business of 750 event days a year around the world. Suddenly COVID. We sat down in a room and we just created playing darts in your kitchen, filmed filmed on your iPhone, doing events with no crowd, having boxing matches in my garden. And you know what? Yeah, profits dipped by 25%. But as soon as COVID finished, the lessons we'd learned doubled my profits going forward because we were better people coming out of a crisis because we've adjusted to that crisis. And you think that's why William Gladstone said on his deathbed, I have been a learner all my life and we have to take the same approach.
0: Let's talk about your first theme because I ask all my guests to give us three lessons based on a theme. And I love your theme because this this is my theme. This is my purpose in life. This is why I wake up every morning and I graft. Your theme is family first, business a close second. Tell me why you want to talk about that.
1: Well, I mean, it's funny. You know, my daughter approached me about four years ago. She just had twin boys. And she said, Dad, you've got to write your autobiography. And I said, I'm really a bit too busy for all that sort of stuff. And I've got to wait for too many people to die to tell the good stories. <laughs> And she said, no, no, you have to do it because I want my boys to read about where we came from as a family, how you developed and why they've got the lifestyle and and the wealth they have. So once again, intimidated by women, uh, I had no choice. So when I sat down, I thought that the title is, you know, I looked at myself and said, I am a family man, but I'm also my business has been as much as my family. You know, it's changed my life, it's changed my attitudes, and it's benefited my family. So it's actually incorporated in the same thing. So the answer is family first, business a close second. So when we did that, we started looking at what are the rules, not just of business, what are the rules of life that overlap that? And one of them is thinking poor.
0: Yeah, that's your lesson number one. That, your, your lesson number one is think poor. What do you mean by that?
1: Well, what I mean by that is I want value. You see, I'm in a situation now where I'm quite well off. Obviously, people could take liberties with me. I don't like people taking liberties with me. I don't mind paying whatever I got to pay, but it's got to be value. So you don't spoil yourself. You don't get complacent. You see, complacency is a huge killer. I'm a huge killer. When you think you've made it, you just that's when you get a kick in the nuts, mate. Well, in business and in relationships. Oh, totally, totally. Because you know, so think poor means. I want value for what I spend, but also I appreciate I have to give value to the people I'm trading with. If I want those people to be as loyal to me as I'm going to be loyal to my personal suppliers, then everyone's got to get value. As Rockefeller said, everyone's got to finish a conversation with a piece of bread in their mouth. So think poor in everything you do and you'll give value and you'll get value and you'll be happier for it.
0: So give me an example of where you've had to think poor as you've been doing your business.
1: Thinking poor, I'll give you an example. 1989, I'm going bust very fast. I need £300,000 to sponsor a snooker event in January. I've got one last crack. I've got a company that I've got a, rep- a meeting with. Christmas Eve, 4 o'clock. The name of the guy was Alan Hearn, Chief Executive. I need this sponsor for this event. No one wants to even answer my phone calls. And I'm at the stage like a fighter. I'm coming out in the championship rounds thinking... I'm not sure I'm gonna go the distance here. I'm taking too much punishment. But my pride is keeping me on my feet. I get out of Slough Station at four o'clock, it starts to snow, it's like something out of a Dickensian novel. I walk there, I make it the worst presentation I've ever made, because my heart is not in it. I'm all set to jack it in. I could be an accountant, I can have a normal life, I can feed my family, I'm not gonna starve. But I'm not going to be who I thought I was going to be, someone who did things and created something. I make the worst presentation. At the end of it, Mr. Hearn turns around and says to me, you must really need this. He said, it's Christmas Eve. It's four o'clock. I said, to be honest with you, Mr. Hearn, I do. I really, really need it. He said, well, I've got no money. And I thought, well, that's the end of that, mate. So I thought, go out. You know, I'm saying to myself, Baza, you know, I like to hold my head up. I say, Mr. Hearn, I understand that. I wish you and your family a very happy Christmas. Stay healthy. God bless. And I turn around to walk out, and he says, as I'm walking out the door, he says, But I have hotel rooms. I turn around, What what do you mean? He said, Well, I've got no money. I said, No, I've got that bit. He said, Well, I have hotel rooms. Now, those days, Trust Ads 40 had the Plaza Athenae in Paris, the Waldorf Hotel in London, a plaza in uh, New York. Sandy Lane in Barbados, they had the best hotels in the world. He said, I will give you £300,000 of hotel rooms for that sponsorship, but I haven't got any money. We shook hands. My handshake is the best thing you can ever take to the bank because I'm old school. If I shake your hand, I'll take a bullet for it. That's done. It's not even, nothing's negotiable. As I walked from Slough offices back to Slough Station, I found a few friends of mine that trusted me as well as I trust them. They were in the travel business. And I sold that 300,000 pounds of hotels at a 40% discount for 180 grand cash. That 180 grand cash saved my company, but more importantly, it saved me. It showed me what it was all about, that there is no giving up. You must never lose. You never know what's around the corner until you go around that corner. So don't stop on the edge of that corner.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Radio Centre, who are helping businesses across the UK grow with radio advertising. Head to radiocentre.org forward slash business to discover how radio can boost your company's performance, find out how the radio process works, hear from businesses who've found success with audio advertising, access free training and even search for and be linked with stations in your area. You can find out all that and more at RadioCentre.org forward slash business. I love this second lesson. Better to be born lucky than good looking. Applies to most of us, I think.
1: Well, this is, I'm not going to say it applies to you. <laughs> what about
0: Lord I? Sugar? Oh,
1: no, no. He's, he's a lucky. Of course he's lucky. You cannot take yourself too seriously. We are... We are all mere mortals. We are specks on the horizon, aren't we? In our own world, and I do this all the time, I think, I think I'm great, to be honest with you. I love myself. I do. I look in the mirror, I go, Baza, what? You know, I walk around and I, I'm just so happy with life. And, you know, but you mustn't take yourself too seriously because when you look, when you analyse, why are we where we are? Inevitably, it comes down to little bits of luck. That have cropped up in your life, the skill set is that you've taken advantage of that. So when you do have a little bit of luck, don't think it's you. Don't think you're special.
0: But I feel like we are living in a society where it's all about the looks. I mean, I mean, it is. We're just promoting it on social media. You know, everywhere you look, an image sells, though, doesn't it?
1: Of course, it does sell, but it's only that platform where we just talked earlier about getting yourself noticed. Image gives you the opportunity to stand on the platform and then sell what's really what's really important, which is yourself. Yeah, I look at it, I look at the difference between, say, I look at myself and my son. Obviously, we're very close as a family. He's got a couple of million followers, and, you know, he's a great operator. I'm much better at certain things than he is. I've had more experience. But I can't replace, nor do I want to replace, his role, in society and sport and life. Because his is a different, completely different image, a much more modern image than mine. And mine is perhaps more appropriate on the sort of more established, hardcore financial details and things like that. It's because I would have a, a reputation built over 50 years in that role. And it does, it takes a long time to get that. Whereas his social media, as you said earlier, everything does happen much quicker pace today than it did before when i started off with events it was always year one you did your brains year two you broke even year three you, you made a small profit and then you was up and running today i would never expect to do worse than break even in year one and generally i would expect to make some money in year one so that's because the whole system the whole world has matured a lot to make faster decisions and faster opportunities
0: okay lesson number three the last one A great work ethic can make you look like a genius. How
1: many people do you know at school? I had loads of them. So smart. I mean, all I did at school most of the time was play sport. And I wasn't brilliant at anything, but I was okay at everything. But I just loved sport anyway. I remember once sitting opposite Boris Johnson once and saying to him, if I wanted a partner to discuss Greek mythology, you would be my (laughs) favourite. Other, other than that, I wouldn't let you run a news agent. So when you look at it, you think, how did it, I had a situation where you have a big desire to escape or to expand, to change your life, and I had this in abundance. So I started working when I was 12 years old, stripping tomato plants, and I developed car washing rounds, gardening rounds, window cleaning rounds, so anything to get a few quid because I didn't. No one else had any money, but that had gone, you know, nothing. And I wanted things, you know, and I wasn't going to steal them. But it came to me early doors. If I just do a few more hours than anybody else, I could get it. I hate it when people say to me, I haven't got the time. You haven't got the time. There are 24 hours in every day. Use them. Don't ever tell me you haven't got time. Tell me you don't want to do it. Tell me you can't be bothered to do it. Tell me you've got other things you'd rather do. And I'm with you, because that's your personal choice. But don't tell me you haven't got the time.
0: I mean, I get up at six o'clock, so that I've done my 5K walk before 7:30. But that's my 5K walk done. Because I I got up early. That's how you have to make your time, don't you? It's whatever,
1: whatever it takes to get the job done, is what you do. Some people get up at six o'clock in the morning to pray. Some people get up as some people are getting home at six o'clock in the morning. It's just that we have a certain amount of fixed time. Utilize it and utilize it in a sensible way. Look at your body. You know you want to do some. You know you want to do some exercise. Yeah, fine. You want to be thinking. You want to get. Do you want to be tight for the day? You want to read a book. Maybe you want to study something. But all I'm saying is analyze what you spend your time. But don't ever say you don't have the time.
0: Well, all I can say to that is, Barry, I can see the words PM after that name. Now, get yourself there and put yourself forward because we need people like you to be given this country that leadership. I think a little
1: bit too old now at 74, but no, but no excuses listen, for you. Not having no
0: excuses. No
1: excuses. No excuses. <laughs> That's enough. That's a great way to end. We have no excuses. No excuses. Barry, talking to you
0: listen it's everything that I believe it's everything I've experienced and it just goes to show those basic values of family of good values taking responsibility for yourself and good old graft is it's just never ever gonna go away it's the basis regardless of how the world changes they are your foundations your theme was family first business close second lesson number one you said think poor lesson number two better to be born lucky than good looking and finally um a great work ethic can make you look like a genius you really spelt it out you shared your story anybody listening will have a smile on their face and you know i've even taught not to be triggered by that word lucky so i Thank you very much for your time. It's been absolutely amazing. Thank you.
1: I've enjoyed it. Have a lovely day.
0: Well, that's been the Backing Brilliant Business podcast with me, Syra Khan. And I really hope you've enjoyed the many words of wisdom that came from our chat. There'll be more amazing guests to come in the series with plenty of business lessons to be learned. So please subscribe and leave us a rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And be sure to follow Radio Centre across all of their socials on Instagram at Radio Center underscore UK and on Twitter at Radio Centre. The Backing Brilliant Business series was produced by Audio Always for Radio Centre and co-created by Eardrum. Visit RadioCentre.org forward slash business for more information.